Because without data, you could only do so much with AI. There's tremendous amount of opportunity still in Southeast Asia and in, in Thailand in particular. And there are great teams working on great new tech that are very excited to try out uh, with a number of new customers. And I think we're on a very you know, exciting pathway towards digital transformation, not just in corporates, but uh, also on the ground. And we're starting that with Via Link today. Texas, sparking innovative thoughts. Hello, you're listening to the latest episode of Texas Global Podcast, a podcast series by Texas that aims to inspire you with the latest innovation in the world. I'm Chawarat Yongjira Donor Pupei, a global content editor at Texas and your host. Artificial intelligence or AI has definitely become a buzzword over the past year. So it is no surprise that it's getting a lot of attention in all industries. Today, we take a look at how AI is being leveraged in the supply and logistics industry. With us is Dr. Napat Datusibitak, the co-founder and CEO of ViaLink, a deep tech supply chain commerce startup that aims to build next-gen cloud-based tech infrastructure to move physical goods and services from point to point more efficiently and sustainably. It is a leading B2B commerce platform in helping businesses realize their untapped potential by bringing together players and services that are enhanced by advanced data technologies and AI. Hello, Dr. Nafad. Hello, good morning. Good morning. Thank you, first of all, of you know, giving your time to us you know, for this episode, because I think it's a very interesting topic that a lot of people um, really are curious about because of the potential in the technology. First off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your product and solution? Yeah, sure thing. It's great to be here. Um, so my name is Napat. Uh, I'm, I'm technically an economist, uh, but I, I jumped into the field of big data and AI about eight to 10 years ago. Um, definitely saw a huge opportunity to use this new data technology to change the way or improve the way that commerce is done. Uh, we're based in Thailand. And so we, we saw tremendous amount of work still being manually done, or even you know just starting to get computers into the the mix of, of uh, you know like moving goods like on the ground. Um, and so yeah, I decided to you know partner up with my my co-founder to to build Vling to make commerce uh, you know flow much more efficiently. Um, and you know, all, all also unlocking a ton more business value for everyone uh, involved in in the supply chain industry, and this is huge. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm talking about almost every single thing that you see on a daily basis: uh, goods that you order online, goods that you see um, in the department stores or in convenience stores. Um, for us, uh, it means you know the world to us that. Uh, we could use, we're, we're like a bunch of geeks and nerds uh, who are really into data science. And it always bugged us, you know, that we always do stuff like with uh, like, just like office work, like machine learning stuff or like office work. But when we saw the, you know, what's happening on the ground, like 
the drivers, the, the pig packers, the, the people in the factories. Um, it, it almost uh, seemed to us that none of the digitalization happened to them. Uh, and so we were like, oh, this is huge. Uh, this is something that we should definitely embark on. And that's what we did about a year and a half ago. Yeah. I think that the timing is very good as well because there's such a, a buzz about AI. I mean, at the beginning, it was, as you said, yeah, it was more like corporate, but now uh, with the 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 pain point that you, you've you know spotted out, it's definitely got a lot of potential. Um, what are some specific applications of AI found in the logistics and supply chain industry right now? Oh, there's almost every single junction in the supply chain can be uh, you know implement it can be enhanced by AI and by 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 data in general because we're I think we're the way we look at this is we're there's definitely almost nothing being you know built in terms of data infrastructure so we start from the ground up by building a, a better much better uh, data infra uh, from the beginning, and then we build AI modules on top of that. And so there are some examples that are really key uh, and are really painful to to a lot of uh, our customers. So one is determining how much to produce and from where and what types of sort of ingredients uh, should they source from. It seems really basic, right? But uh, it's it's actually not basic because if you don't, you know, optimize it, just zero point five percent could mean millions, right? Uh, that you you lose out or you you win. Uh, so one is supply and production optimization. That's 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 one aspect that AI could help. Um, another one is also quite painful and important, which is uh, determining how much the stock. And when, you know, when should you send more products to stores and how do you plan all of that, right? Again, a really simple, you know, like bread and butter decision-making uh, sort of question, but it's super hard, especially if you get to a really large size and you have like thousands of stores and, and nodes that you have to like send stuff to, especially nowadays when you know, because consumers expect, uh, you know, like full stock and no stock out and like delivery at home, pick up at store. It's, it's, it, it's going to be a mess if you don't have a kind of system that to, to aid this, this sort of new type of commerce. Right. So yeah, that was, uh, you know, fulfillment and, and distribution, distribution. The, the last part would be logistics, which is, um, something that I guess after COVID, uh, has taken off, um, uh, quite spectacularly. Um, but it's also another thing that's not so easy to, to do, especially if the companies are, haven't been doing logistics long enough and it can be really costly, uh, if you don't plan it well. Um, and so this is where AI could come and help with, um, you know, like handling complex set of constraints like um you know like uh, these goods have to be there at this time of day 
I cannot be there too late. It has to meet this kind of cost. It should be within this, you know, kind of truck. The driver must be this good. Uh, it's uh, you, you won't believe how many constraints there are in real life. So for the listeners that are into optimization and, and AI, um, I, so so me and my co-founder, are, you know, we we went to grad school and we we looked at all the books about optimization, but in in reality. The number of constraints are tremendous. Like there's all kinds of stuff that you never see in the textbooks. And and so we had a lot of fun trying to wrangle with with these and, and deliver value to our clients. We can get into the details if you want. Um in some yeah. you know, it it I guess it does vary in terms of the market that you're in and the country that you're in and the region that you're in, right? I mean, for example, Indonesia, that's probably like so hard. There's so many uh, people I've said in terms of logistics and, and everything. And, and yeah, you're right. You know, in theory, it might look good. But then when you really do it, get your hand down on the on the work, it's, it's difficult. I, I have a follow up question that I'm curious about, because um, you mentioned that you started about a year or so ago. Um, that's during the pandemic. And during the pandemic, obviously, you know, the logistics and delivery uh, system had to really like progress fast, right, uh, to meet up with the demand. But now that we're in the post-pandemic stage, uh, do you see that speed of, of progress uh, uh, the same? Or do you think that there is a bit of a difference? No, that's a good question. I, I think, if anything, it has gone way up since the, the, the pandemic. I think the pandemic was a was a shock to, to many shippers, many large-scale shippers and, and small players. Um, and a lot of them had to move fast, even without any kind of system to support logistics, as you said. Um, and, and sometimes you notice really poor quality of service when you order fresh produce to your house from a company that never have done anything related to logistics, right? And now I think consumers adapted uh, Quite a lot, and they they expected way more from from these uh, from these companies, and I think these consumers like our like like us, uh, we also work in a company, and so even though Vialink deals with mostly B two B clients, but it's the humans that have experienced COVID um, that are now working there, and they they also ex- expect a better um, you know delivery service and quality of, of service. And I think this is a key difference um, post-pandemic. Right now, it's not just about having the best products uh, to sell, but it's also the service. Like, can you deliver the products uh, in a better manner than your competitors? Uh, so it's not just about cost or better products per se. It's also about the service that you present these products to your consumers. Uh, and so with without any kind of tools, it's going to be hard to compete, um, especially if you're in like industry like food, food supplies. Uh, I think consumers are pretty much set on they need fresh, like really fresh uh, produce uh, at a really competitive rate and really good service. Uh, it's not just you, you, you show up with the goods and you just leave, say bye-bye. Uh, sometimes you have to like, cater to everything, track everything, the temperature and all that. Yeah. You know, being time sensitive, 
Uh, and you mentioned that there is so much expectation. Um, how can AI and automation improve that accuracy and, and the speed of route planning and optimization for logistics operations? Yeah, so so there's no magic to this. It's there's only mathematics uh, to to this whole thing, and I, I think part of the reason why this is still an opportunity uh, in in our point of view is that work on the ground is super rough. It's super like there's almost no IT infrastructure uh, on the ground, and it's so key to the to the P and L of the, the businesses. So sometimes they don't want to change. And and when they don't change, it's it's sort of stuck in time. Right. But now with COVID, they want to improve it. They're starting to look for a solution to help. Right. And AI can help uh, the way we look at it is we we look at it from a like a a, a wide frame. Uh, instead of focusing all, only on logistics. You know, you could break apart this this question into different parts of the supply chain. We argue that in order to deliver well, you actually have to step back and optimize since production, or since demand planning, or you know fulfillment planning, because then you would know how much goods you need to store uh, in strategic locations around the country, and then you you can figure out. Uh, how to uh, how to best manage your fleet or outsource uh, carriers to carry your goods to the destinations. So um, now let's just zoom in, right? Like demand planning. Typically, you use an old guy or gal who who knows about the industry a lot, worked for thirty years. Not human based. <laughs> human based. Um, typically, these people are really good at predicting, uh, mm-hmm. but they're retiring. And sometimes with, I mean, you could pre- you could predict pretty well nationally, but uh, if you want to predict at each store, I think that's uh, that's not a job of a human anymore. It seems to be more suitable for a machine to do. And and I think we all know that machines can do reasonably well with uh, you know forecasting, and that's like a, a pretty good technique that a machine learning could do, where you use historical data and external data to help predict uh, the demand of a, you know, a product or, or a group of products um, at each point in time and, and place, right? But now the, the fun part is, is figuring out how to deliver, how to fulfill the needs of the customers with the lowest cost. And that's not simple at all. I, I think prediction is also really hard. Um, I'm not trying to dumb it down by any means, but compared to, you know, cost optimization, like full loop, right? I'm, 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 imagine with me that this is not like just doing it on your computer. This is like you see a bunch of trucks, a bunch of contract workers, a bunch of roads that you you may take or may not take. Do you drop product A first or do you drop product B? Or do you not want to do it at all and then outsource the entire thing to another company with a, a different contract? So so the, the way VLink does is we upload all the data about the cost structure of all these. And 
we also utilize, you know, like route optimization engine that we wrote to figure out, you know, this is not humans figuring it out. This is machine figuring it out. Um, what's the best course of actions that, that would, you know, yield the best objective, which sometimes is cost. Sometimes it's not always cost. Sometimes it's like service quality, you know, that has to be balanced. Um, and so it's, it's super flexible and you could come up with solutions that, that, you know, would normally take humans like six hours, four hours of planning. Of course, there'll be some companies where they're so expert at planning stuff where it could take only two hours. I've only seen one company in, <laughs> in my experience that, uh, have done that real well with Excel, but for most other shops, um, they don't have that kind of human capital. And, and, you know, even for people with really good experience, I think this is complimentary. Like you could use this to speed it up and then move the humans to do something else that has more value. Um, and so, yeah, that's so, how. Wait, wait, so if you compare, you know, I just have this image of the old, the elder, you know, the wise people who you oh. said are aging out of the system, who know exactly how to do predictive maintenance. Um, uh, if you if you compare the the human you know process and the speed of it to AI, which what you're what, what you you're leveraging on, oh, what are the key differences that we're seeing right now? So uh, so just for logistics optimization alone, like not counting supply production planning and all that, we could save from anywhere from ten to fifteen percent of logistics cost. That's a lot. So typically logistics costs is around 3% of a revenue over a large company. Uh, it's not nothing. And to drive down roughly 10% of that, uh, it, it adds up, right? Um, so comparing even to a, an expert human, uh, if the machine learning algorithm and the, the optimization suite uh, was built correctly for, for, for a company, uh, I think at the minimum is 10% reduction in cost, not counting, I think other goodies like transparency and the ability to have fit, you know, visibility because most of the time when you don't have a system in place, you may get performance, right? Like if you, if your workers are really good, you have experts, but you will not get visibility unless the owner or the shareholder like visits the, the the actual on ground work. Um, and so a lot of management, uh, they, they don't even know what, what's going on. And with, with the system in place, at least they get a view that, oh, this is happening. This is what the projection of the cost would look like, because this is not like, you know, after COVID there's so much volatility around businesses that sometimes relying on the past is not enough. And sometimes you may need to rely on the present and what's happening currently. Um, yeah. Good point. Good point. Um, you know, you did say though that um, AI is is kind of like not magic. <laughs> there there are limitations, right? Um, and, and especially if you if you put it in terms of. The, the different numerous challenges that you said that, you know, are on the ground. Um, what are the limitations of AI in the logistics and supply chain industry? And 
And what should organizations consider? You know, because I'm sure a lot of people who are listening are, are considering this. You know, how what should they think about when they decide to adopt AI solutions? I think they should think about this as a digitalization, a digital transformation activity. I mean, you could frame this as AI, but I think at the at the core of it is the mindset that I want to do better and I want to change the way things are done. I think this is probably the most important thing um, for uh, someone who wants to to adopt this. Uh, this is not just just another dashboard. This is life and blood of a company. And we take it really seriously because everyone who uses VL Inc, they actually like trust us because <laughs> it cannot break. Uh, every single dime flow like it flows through us, and if it doesn't, uh, yeah, it's 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 core operation. So it really is important that you know there's a culture or at least a mandate or a determination, a strong determination that we want to do things better, differently. Uh, that's the most important part. Another part is, I, I guess, is is the emphasis on data. Because without data, you could only do so much with AI. Nowadays, AI is getting smarter, right? Like with very little data, you can do a lot. Uh, but, but the way we look at supply chain, I think it still needs uh, quite a lot of data feeds, uh, like cost um, or like, requirements from other clients or you know the orders coming in are they managed properly or are they in like 10 15 legacy systems uh, that's often the case for a lot of big companies that they have more than 10 systems but none of the systems talk to each other um, so yeah those are my two recommendations you know uh you also talked about how uh th you know things aren't the way that you you see them at the very beginning, a lot of unanticipated challenges arise. And and I just wanted to go back a little bit to the, the beginning of that question that I just posed to you in terms of the limitations of AI. Um, what are the biggest things that people should look out for? I mean, you said, yeah, the realization, have that having that right mindset, uh, also talking about data as well as being important. But uh, in addition to this, what are the biggest concerns uh, when uh, you know that you're facing right now in terms of the the limitations of AI for you at this moment? Well, I think it's like assuming that uh, someone wants to adopt AI and you know has all the resources and everything. I think it's making decisions on how to work with this new AI system efficiently alongside humans. Um, it's, it's true that in real life, there are more constraints and more requirements than it's even possible to solve. You probably have to wait for a quantum computer or something to, to be able to handle every single thing, right? And typically in the past, things get done because it's not optimal. Uh, a, a human expert made decisions that bypass some of these requirements or cut some slack here and there and just still deliver the goods or, or sell the goods, which is fine. Uh, same here with AI, right? If you have a too high of expectation that AI is going to solve all the constraints, 
it's not going to go anywhere. And it's probably not the right way to look at it. The right way to look at it is to compare it with the scenario where you don't have AI or system, right? If it's better, then it's all good. Um, that's my argument that I think if you look at it this way and you know, the, the, the investment in the AI system isn't too great, um, I think it's win-win, right? And of course, uh, you know, there's, there are some other benefits to this as well, which is on ethics. Um, it could go both ways, right? I think I would say this is one of the less understood limitations of AI. It could be both limitations and, and benefits, actually. You know, on, on that point, you know, can you talk a little bit about the potential risks and ethical considerations associated with AI and logistics and supply chain processes? You know, like uh, data privacy, algorithmic uh, bias, or decision transparency? So AI is not all good. I think that should be clear. It's at least right now, the way you see it, um, it has its own biases. Uh, and it typically has to do with the way a human expert uh, builds it or sets it up. Um, but again, it has benefits in the sense that if you could make it into a transparent system and it potentially could help with ethical concerns hidden previously hidden in the supply chain system, uh, especially when it comes to worker rights and work workload balancing. I think workload balancing is is probably the most common um, ethical sort of issues that you you would see in the supply chain that, that has no data infrastructure because there's no evidence. Um, and workload, sometimes you would see that a particular worker gets the same pay, but has to service a hundred story building, for example. Uh, it's totally unfair, right? Uh, or or sometimes some sometimes one group of workers never get work, never get volume. And why is that? Uh, nobody has a clue or the answer. But with a, a, a system in place, um, you could bake in a, a pretty, you know, you know, fair formula that would distribute or at least consider these uh, issues uh, openly, right? And so it, it all depends on how a human team sets this up and 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 control um, how you know that you know the process would work uh, with AI and human together. You know, I'm so uh, grateful in terms of how very uh, straightforward you've been in our conversation in terms of the limitations and. And the, the realistic look into AI and its applications in the industry, uh, but you know, let's take a look at the positive sides in terms of the examples that have been successful. Um, can you tell us a little bit about you know some examples that you might have and that you you can think of in terms of organizations you know successfully implementing AI driven solutions in logistics and supply? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could. I think the most famous would be Amazon. And on the second point would be Walmart. Uh, I spent a lot of time in the U.S. when Amazon totally, you know, like just just uh, like killed out almost everyone. Um, and then Walmart was falling behind. But now, ten years, fifteen years later, I actually think Walmart is in a pretty good place in terms of how they ramped up their tech stack. If you check out what they invested in. Uh, in the in the past ten years, I think they're in a really strong spot. 
um, both delivering the, you know, like low price sort of value prop, but also making sure that they have good systems all around to support that. So I think these two cases are like classic cases where, um, they've done great. Um, you know, like not, not even have to be these two, right? Like if you look at e-commerce players or online stores that can do like same day shipping guaranteed or, or really quick, uh, service to your door, it's actually impossible to do economically if they don't predict in advance what, uh, what the demand would be. Um, and, and you can run for so long, you know, if, if you bleed with cost, but, um, eventually you have to optimize and, and a lot of these retailers utilize, uh, you know, like next gen sort of modeling systems to help drive that results. Um, yeah, but even for our own tool, like we're just starting out, but, um, we already saw results for our clients, like I said, 10, 15% cost reduction for supply and production planning. That is also something that affects the margins or the bottom line, like right away. Um, for a client that we just did, um, we, we just made them, um, I think more than 60% improvement in terms of profit. Was just, it 60? 60%? Uh, that's a big, was big improvement. <laughs> the same, it's the same product, but the way they selected raw material and sourcing and deciding which factory to use for which order, uh, it's th their volume is huge. Mm -hmm. So making, making a better move just, you know, a few more times it's the numbers just, just shot up. It's, uh, it, it's a, it's something that people don't look at it often because mm -hmm. it's so simple, right? Like you're producing mm -hmm. a, and you have like 25 factories and contractors and shoes and in different point in time have different pricing, right? Like different input prices. Um, and if you choose it correctly, you could do a lot better than yesterday. So, um, I think there are cases like this waiting to be discovered uh, in the future. Yeah. You know, that's really exciting to hear. Um, and you just started. Um, for it, the future in Thailand, do you think that, you know, our market can be as efficient as, as you see those, you know, those really high standard uh, processes in, in overseas with Walmart and, and Amazon? I, I do have a vision that it, it would be way more smooth. I don't know when, um, but I'm betting that Via Link will be an integral part of modern commerce. At, at, you know, at the very least, starting from Thailand, because it it works. Uh, we've tried it with a number of our clients, and sometimes there's not even a need to click anything uh, once uh, an SKU depletes from a store or from a point uh, in a country, it just automatically loads up new stuff, uh, called out some carriers to come pick it up from the factory, wait in line and just deliver the goods and refill, refill the, the good. And it's, that's like the vision that I, I have that I think commerce will be much better in terms of communicating between point to point. And for Thailand, I, I think I, I, I don't want to see another example of big tech or big retailer 
only, only you know a few of them doing this and the rest are still manual i'm envisioning a future where more players could could do you know at the level of excellence uh that high tech large retailers can do uh, especially now you know the, the way we do our revenue model we 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 don't force our clients to invest deep into their tech it, it actually takes a lot of money to to build the tech um so you know there's this little it's very risky for smes or or medium-sized business to to do it on their own and there's no need i think the future uh is more about sharing and and partnering with each other yeah well okay and lastly uh any key takeaways you want to leave our, our listeners yeah i i guess um one thing I'd like to leave is um, there's tremendous amount of opportunities still in Southeast Asia and in, in Thailand in particular. And there are great teams working on great new tech that are very excited to try out uh, with a number of new customers. And I think we're on a very you know, exciting pathway towards digital transformation not just in corporates, but uh, also on the ground. And we're starting that with Via Links today. Wow. Thank you so much, Dr. Napat, for being with us here on our podcast episode. Um, I think definitely our listeners are, are benefiting from this conversation. And uh, we are excited to see what's next for Via Link. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. And for our listeners, if you want to listen to more insightful conversations such as this one, you can check out our Texas Global Podcast series at texas.co forward slash en. See you in our next episode. Bye. Texas, sparking innovative thoughts.